Welcome to the Upper Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn with Houston Public Media. And I'm Eric Skelly from Rocco, the River Oaks Chamber Orchestra. And this week we're talking about Donizetti's Don Pasquale, Eric. Yeah. His this... comic masterpiece. Yes. Which debuted in 1843 it's in actually, Paris. Yeah, it's actually one of a trilogy of, of masterpieces. It wasn't written as a trilogy, mind you, but in the public mind, Donizetti wrote three great comedies that are all staples of the operatic repertoire. There's Don Pasquale, there's The Elixir of Love, and there's The Daughter of the Regiment. And they're all wonderfully melodic and fun, and, uh, and yeah, they're in the, in the standard repertoire for a good reason. This is a buffa at its best. It is. And, you know, this is one of the rare occasions where the buffo, uh, which is to say a baritone or a bass baritone who specializes in these Italian comic roles from the 19th century. This is one of the few times, in fact, maybe it's the only time, if come to think of it, where the buffo is the title character of the opera. Everything centers around him. Don Pasquale, in what respect is he buffo? Uh, he's a doddering old fool. <laughs> to put it quite succinctly. He is, as you say, he's elderly. Yes. He is rotund. Yes, usually yes. Uh-huh. And he has taken the notion at his advanced age to get married. Yes. And he wants a young bride, of course. Of course. <laughs> he really is a doddering old fool. He's, he is a clown that doesn't realize he's a clown. The rub, though, is that living under his roof is his nephew, Ernesto. Right. A young man who is In the prime of life. Yes. Just launching his, his adult life, really, and, uh, and still somewhat dependent upon Don Pasquale, who seems to think of his nephew as something of a ne'er-do-well in the making. <laughs> uh, he doesn't seem to have the ambition that Pasquale wants for him. He doesn't want to marry whom Pasquale wants him to marry. He doesn't want to live his life according to Don Pasquale's uh, map of what his life should be. He's a sort of early 19th century slacker. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, uh, he, that's a very good way to put it. Ernesto is in love with this penniless young widow named Norina. Yes, indeed. And Don Pasquale does not think she is the appropriate uh, fiancé for Ernesto. Because she doesn't have a dowry. Right. Now, in his search for a bride, Don Pasquale enlists the help of his friend, Dr. Malatesta. Yes, his doctor. And Malatesta tells Pasquale, boy, have I got the bride for you. <laughs> she's modest and she's from, comes from a good family and she's convent raised convent and raised she's so <laughs> pure of, of spirit and mind she was raised in a convent and well actually by the way she happens to be my sister <laughs> in saying that though yes. Malatesta is specifically thinking of Narina who is not his sister yeah he's telling a big fat lie but he wants to pass Narina off as his sister. Because he and Norina have hatched a plot. And what is that plot? Well, the thing is that Pasquale has decided that uh, he doesn't want Ernesto to get married because he just doesn't think Ernesto is just going to make anything good of himself. He, he wants to set an example for Ernesto. So he has forbidden Ernesto from marrying. He's, and he tells him he, he's actually threatening to disinherit him completely and cutting him off from his money. He, Pasquale, has decided he's going to get married what are the implications of that for Ernesto? If Don Pasquale gets married, 
Does well, he does he lose the inheritance? Yes. He's because cut it off. would pass then on to He's cut off. the wife at, when Don Pasquale dies. Right, right, right. And so Malatesta has hatched this plot with Nordina. Malatesta is going to step in and teach Pasquale a lesson <laughs> and show him what an idiot, what a buffoon he is, you know, doddering old fool he is. And so he's going to pass Nordina off as his sister, Sophronia. Ah. And he's going to bring a cousin of his and have his cousin pretend to be a notary and pretend to marry Pasquale and, quote-unquote, Sophronia. And in fact, when they do meet, Sophronia slash Norina is this perfectly meek, wifely woman that Don Pasquale is just in awe of. She is everything that he could want. I wouldn't even say wifely. She so milks it. (laughs) She just really plays it up. And she comes in and she's with a veil and she's so so demure and she just really puts on the the show for, for Pasquale. And Pasquale completely, you know, being a doddering old fool, buys it. Hook, line, and sinker. Ernesto shows up. I think we're in act two now. Yes. As Don Pasquale and Sophronia are meeting for the first time, etc. Right. And, and he doesn't know what's going on. No, because Norina hadn't had a chance to fill him in on the plot. So he's horrified to see the woman he's in love with about to marry his old buffoon of an uncle. Right, betrayed by his friend. Malatesta, let us, let us not forget, is a good friend of Ernesto's. Ernesto's. And so he feels betrayed by, by his friend. But then, of course... <laughs> When the veil is lifted and he sees who Sophronia really is, he suddenly realizes, ah, okay, (laughs) got it. (laughs) It's a plot. (laughs) And then, in fact, Ernesto is asked to be one of the witnesses to the wedding. Yes. As soon as that marriage contract, quote unquote, is signed, 180-degree personality change in (laughs) Sophronia. Suddenly, the demure little convent-raised, sweet, innocent little girl is an absolute shrew (laughs) who is uh, very, very uh, happy to find herself married to a wealthy husband whose coffers she can raid whenever she pleases. And that's what she sets about doing. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she doubles the servant's salaries. She says that we need to take on more servants. She starts buying frocks and jewels and new furniture, etc. Redoing the house and hiring lots of young, good-looking male servants. <laughs> and what is Don Pasquale's reaction? He's horrified. <laughs> He's absolutely horrified. This is not what he signed on for. At least he didn't realize he was signing on for this. Uh, He's absolutely horrified. And uh, at one point, Sophronia, quote unquote, announces she's going out to the theater without him. And uh, she's going with Ernesto. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And he he forbids her and she slaps him. (gasps) Spousal abuse in the operas of Donizetti discuss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so and and this is a turning point because Pasquale is just 
completely crestfallen. He's done in by the fact that she would physically hit him. And Norina, in turn, when you know she turns away from him and, and, and reveals her thoughts, she's suddenly a, a bit remorseful that it's come so far, that it's gone so far. Right. That the ruse has been taken to that point that she went to those lengths. To teach to, him a lesson. To disabuse Pasquale of the idea of marrying. She leaves, and as she leaves, she very conveniently lets this letter drop to the floor. Yes. Of course, Don Pasquale picks it up, and it's a letter that purports to be to Sophronia from a lover asking for an assignation that evening in the garden. In the garden. And, of course, that's the sort of the final straw. Yeah. If she's going to cheat on him now, then... He's going to get rid of her? He's Yeah, this is his out. So he calls upon his friend Malatesta to come join him and catch Norina in flagrante, as it were, in the garden that evening. And so we have this final scene in the garden. Like, like so many uh, operas, they have these, yeah. these, these scenes. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, The Marriage, Marriage of Figaro, Figaro, Don Carlo... A masked ball, it's not in a garden, but, you know, it's these, these assignations in the dark, you know, outdoors. And how does it pan out? Uh, fortunately, it pans out well <laughs> because all is unraveled, basically, and, and Don Pasquale's lesson is, is ultimately learned. He, he realizes what's actually happened, that Sofroni is actually Norina, and uh, that his nephew isn't the bad guy or the slacker of the ne'er-do-well that he thought he was. And he finally relents and uh, gives them permission to marry. And the final quartet, la morale di tutto questo, the moral of all this, which is, if you're old <laughs> and you're fat, don't think give about getting married. <laughs> Just give it up. Yeah. Turn it loose. You've had your opportunity. It's not happening. <laughs> Let, let's leave it to the young folk. Right. So, Eric, what is it about this piece that makes it so beloved, that makes it a standout? Because, I mean, Donitz said he wrote 66 operas. That makes it such a standout within his oeuvre. Well, he did write. He was very prolific. No, no question about it. But one of the two things I would that I would point to that makes this stand out is... Yes, he was very prolific, but every opera has has a treasure chest of melodic invention in it. Uh, from Norina's Sonquillo uh, la Virtu Magica, her big aria, when we meet her, when she's reading the novel, there's a, a hugely popular patter duet with Don Pasquale and Malatesta. I mean, patter is a, is a staple of the buffo, the buffo repertoire. You always get a patter aria, but this is a duet, and the two of them are just shooting off these these torrents of, of words in tandem, and it's it's an amazing effect if the uh, the bass and the baritone can can really do it well. There are any number of great arias and duets throughout this thing. So it's Donizetti's melodic invention, and you know this whole piece rises and falls on the title role. This really is about the buffo, and if you can get uh, a Gabriel Bacchier or a Fernando Corena. Or, you know, today, uh, John Del Carlo, somebody who really is a star buffo to take this role and remember that it's a, it's a tour de force. And if you're lucky enough to find somebody, your great night in the theater is guaranteed. Donizetti's Don Pasquale. That's this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening. <laughs>